Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, to all of our non-binary friends, everyone on the spectrum and in between, welcome to another episode of The Shutter Show. My name is Ken Stacknick. This is my co-host, David Marlowe. And David, how you doing? Ken, I'm doing good. I finally have a full belly. Took dinner a real long fucking time to get here. It's but true. uh But here we are at 10.30 p.m. recording this podcast it for is a you little bit of a lovely people. Yeah, a little bit of a late one tonight, but we are talking about the Korean film, Peninsula. Uh, or better yet, Trained Busan Presents Peninsula. Because you can't forget, that's the one that started it all. Mm-hmm. And it, it is... Marketing insists on it. And it's, I mean, it's, from a verbal standpoint, it is very weird naming because, like, the train is not involved. At all. Yeah, at all. Like, it's just, like, I mean... Does this take, does Peninsula take place in Busan? Maybe. Because it's ne- I, I, I can't recall if it's ever really established that that's where it in fact takes place. I know that the really bad American news people told us that Busan was supposed to be a, a haven and it didn't work out. I'm going to go ahead and guess yes then. Also, the lighting from that American talk show is atrocious. It is there, yeah. there, there are yeah. there are a lot oh, of things it's... to like about this movie, and there are a handful of things to not like. And the lighting in that scene, and in and fact, the bargain bin American actors that they got for basically it. anytime Fuck, anyone is speaking English is not good. Yeah, it is a it is a bummer. any American actor that is in this movie. Huh. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's the reason why you are an American actor in Korea. Ken, we need to go to Korea, just like you told me, because I feel like we'd do pretty well there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they probably would have taken us before coronavirus, but probably not anymore. Yeah. Now, David, this is a, uh, well, yeah, this is, as we mentioned, a part of the uh, Train to Busan cinematic universe, yes. which includes Train to Busan, uh, Soul Station, and then this yeah now david do you want to give the good people at home a little plot summary synopses uh scruncation of uh, what happens in this movie like what the people can uh, are we talking about in the universe overall or just in peninsula um well how, 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 you know how, what how, let's do both okay live dangerously david okay all right um well to to sum as much of it up as i possibly can uh zombies that's it i mean yeah there is a, a zombie catastrophe virus pandemic thing that is, is brought about by corporations. In Korea. And banking issues. Mm-hmm. And that stems over into Train to Busan, where uh, a deadbeat dad kind of uh, is trying to make amends and lets his, like, is, is trying to keep his daughter alive while the pandemic is raging on this train as they try to get to Busan, the last, uh, you know, the place where they think they can find safety. It's a super fast virus. I bite you. Mm, 30 seconds later, you're a zombie. Yeah, and it's like 28 days later uh, style and they're, they're, uh, oh, fast zombies. Yeah, the, yeah they're, the they're, they're not the ones that you can sort of maneuver around. No, they like, these are the, these in my opinion are the scary zombie. This is the zombie where you're just like, I need to be really into cardio to survive this, this, this whole situation. Um, so yeah, so that movie ends. Um, and so... Fast forward four years later, um, you know, they said Busan was this place where you go for safety. Turns out not the case. You know, all South Korea's fucked. 
and North Korea is pretty much what's keeping everything contained. And so it's no longer called South Korea, it's just called the peninsula. And so this American comes in, as Americans are one to do, and gets a bunch of uh, Korean folks involved in this thing where they say, hey, you know what? There's a lot of unclaimed shit just lying around South Korea. Uh, there's a big truck full of this money that we kind of lost track of. You guys go in, retrieve it, get on out. Bob's your uncle, you're all fucking rich. And so they go in, and you know, the thing they said that, that was easy is not easy. It turns out to be hard. because Yeah, it turns out there, to be pretty hard be because then, there, yeah, it wouldn't be a movie. And yeah, and there's a bunch of people who are trying to survive in South Korea. But, you know, they're also shitty because Mad Max. The uh, yeah no the, the the easiest way I would say to describe the tone of this movie is the first half is very much an ode to something like Escape from New York, and then the second part of this movie is an ode to uh, Road Warrior specifically because there is a lot of in the middle is a, a little bit of Thunderdome. Little, I mean a little a little bit of Thunderdome. I mean the the entire second half is very like all of the Mad Maxes, but most specifically Road Warrior because you have the... Just less stunts and more CG. It's it's, it's a... It becomes a... You have to get the truck from point A to point B and there's other stuff on the road that doesn't want you to get there. Yeah. And that's very different from Mad Max and very different from Thunderdome. It is more like the Fury Road Road Warrior model. But... There's a lot, like there's a lot of Mad Max. The, this director is very clearly channeling uh, George Miller and John Carpenter the most. These are clearly movies that he grew up with. These are that that's clearly kind of what the pitch was. And I think one of the things that we can talk about with this movie is this is a an ex, a a very good example of something that can happen to a director when they have a lot of success with a franchise you make train to busan and you're able to say something about society you're able to make a movie that's a little bit art that's a little bit genre it does very very well oh and by very very well it is still to this day i believe south korea's highest grossing film of all time and in fact for the first time they brought it to the indian market where it was released in four separate languages and did very well in India. Oh, wow. So they made a shit ton of money on this movie. All right, so yes. So now they come to you and you're like, well, what do you want to do? And you're like, actually, I have this idea. I want to do a prequel to Train to Busan, and I have even more to say. And by doing it animated, it allows you some kind of freedom, but also a certain amount of restraint. So again, you're able to make a very strong art piece, but then it turns out that that piece... Did okay. Yeah. Critically well-received, but panned by audiences because, specifically because of the marketing. Mm-hmm. They were told, no, like, this is going to, like, this is going to tell you where the virus came from. Like, marketing promised people a bunch of shit they did not get. And that was where things went wrong. And not a lot of people went to see this movie in the theaters because critics or, or like, the public came out and said... No, yeah, no. Like, we don't learn anything more about the virus. We're just in this other tightly contained story with characters that really have nothing to do with why what's happening is happening. And But at the same time, film's very good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like I but does connect. It. Did not connect with audiences. Yeah. Does not and did not connect with Train to Busan storyline other than the zombies, and like like all three movies are self-contained, and that is kind of the good thing at least mm-hmm. is that even if one of them is bad. It doesn't ruin the whole thing. It's a lot like the the of the the, the dead trilogy, the United the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, exactly. uh, Day of the Dead, where like each of those films can be watched in a marathon and they do connect, but at the same time they do stand completely on their own. And I can 100% understand how this director going into this third movie where I'm assuming they have goodwill with the studio because the studio is asking them to make a third movie. Mm -hmm. The second one was artistically successful, but maybe not financially. So this one gets changed to like, you need to put Train to Busan in the title. And then on top of that, you're basically given a blank check. Yeah. The other or, one, yeah, the prequel was called Soul Station. Yeah, there was or no... the blankest check that you've been given so far. And then the question, a lot of those questions become, what, when you can do anything, what don't you do? And this, I think, is a great example of a filmmaker getting to do whatever they want and that kind of getting away from them there are uh, there are there are there are some amazing wild big swings with this film that i really oh, like oh yeah no I it's love, not like it's boring or anything yeah no i love the universe it creates i love uh, i love all, so much of the world building i love uh, i love all of the female characters i love the remote control cars i love how ferocious the zombies are i love the way that they move the like the way that they'll get up by almost like a con- like, like a convulsion as opposed to like they're not hunters they're they seem no. sick no it it seems like it's literally like a bunch of microscopic organisms all moving together and moving this giant blob of meat towards something mm-hmm. because they're literally trying to get towards more blood to infect yeah and it's all and you just you see that in the movement like the the ones that are not you know uh cg you see, like they get some amazing body performers, um, and also one of the great things about just this overall franchise is, and I'd say about a lot of uh, uh, Korean films, is that they're child actors, just knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. If if there are if there are adult actors that you are not a big fan of, like guess what, they're gonna get overacted by a fucking child, because holy shit. Train to Busan, um, even it, it's uh, yeah, like the 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 tiny girl in Peninsula knocks it out of the fucking park. Cries on cue. Girl knows how to do her fucking job. No, I, I, no, uh, uh, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, there, uh, there's so much going on in this movie that's really fun. One of the things that I also really liked is for as wild as a pitch as like well what if there was a bunch of zombies and all of korea collapsed and so now south korea was just kind of this peninsula filled with undead people sort of escape from new york style the the logic of how the world worked or how they engaged with the zombies the way like the way that they would deal with them I thought was really, really good. Yeah. It, it all made sense. It wasn't... There's a lot of times when I watch zombie movies where, like, what they are... Like, the way that they are protecting the, their camp or the way they're doing survival stuff is like, all right, that's kind of... I mean, 
Yeah, no, that makes movie sense, but it doesn't make like practical sense. Practical sense, survival sense, you know, prepping sense. It it just makes cool. It like it makes for cool movie scenes, but it doesn't. Yeah, there's um, the movie for like like the first two are really good at sticking to the rules that it's created for itself. Totally, I I think Peninsula. To get some of the cool action scenes that they wanted, I and to get some of the dramatic moments that they wanted, I think in doing so, I think they sort of sacrificed some of the rules they created for themselves. Um, like, for example, in the beginning of this, uh, the main characters kind of end up on a boat to, to flee South Korea, and it looks like they're getting diverted to China. But there is... Um, an area down below where all the civilians are being kept, but amongst them is somebody who's infected. And only just now, after they are like in the middle of the fucking ocean, has started to convulse, where throughout the entire franchise, we have been led to believe that this is a very fast-acting virus. The only time it has not been fast-acting was in Soul Station, where somebody gets scratched on the leg and it's a very slight wound. So it takes a little bit longer... But it, it it shows that like no it's still pretty quick. It's it's not. But it takes a little bit longer for it to hit in. But so the practicality of this person being bit and then waiting this long to get, like for the infection to take hold, and then and nobody noticed. And it. then but the thing is like also too like the infection takes hold and then they attack immediately. This guy goes into this room filled of infected people, gets to have this dramatic moment where he watches this kid die, whatever like that, and it takes a lot longer than it should for them to kick in. And it just seems like they kind of toss some of the rules away to allow for this dramatic moment that the director really wanted. And I think that's when you kind of create some problems in the world that you're building. Yeah, that, well, that's the, the backing into the scenes issue that I was kind of talking about. Yeah. Where what you've decided is, well, we need this to happen, so how do we make it happen? The... Uh, this movie, I think, unfortunately, took a little too many pages from Escape from L.A. and not quite as many pages as Escape from New York. Because Escape from L.A. very much feels like John Carpenter having all the money, kind of being able to do whatever he wants. And as a result, by being able to order up anything that you want, but not having a completely blank check you end up with what you end up in this movie, which is a bunch of like the car chase scene looking like a pretty good PS5 game. It's a, we'll fix it in post, but then realize you didn't have enough money to fix it in post. Or just, or just or not even fixing it in post, saying like this entire sequence is going to be CGI. Because we can't afford the cars now, we can't afford the well, stunt drivers. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's just, there's no way to shoot this movie on a small budget in, like, I, I have a feeling a huge chunk of this was just the logistics of like, Korean streets like from what I understand like Seoul oh, yeah. is a very densely packed very like with just a lot of people around so like to clear out eight or ten blocks is oh also I don't know who during I don't know who during the pandemic was moving all the cars out of the way so they had a nice clear path to drive down every single road I have a feeling good job whoever's job that was I mean I have a feeling that was I mean that seems like a practicality of you find whoever has the school bus and then they just drive through and they push all that stuff out of the way and the nice thing is is you only have to kind of do it once yeah 
You know, if, if yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You're yeah, not if wrong. there's truly a zombie apocalypse, and we've gotten to the point where we need to like shove cars out of the way on the street, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say you probably only need to do yeah. it once. There, or it's not really a zombie apocalypse, yeah. and you're doing something else. Yeah, it, but it's kind of like what you're saying. The person orders a lot on the menu, not necessarily thinking about the logistics behind it. It's like, cool, Like you're going into South Korea... To go do this job, you get into South Korea. Immediately, you go find a working car. Seems to happen almost immediately. They find what seems like a very pristine vehicle. And it's just like, cool, we just got to charge the battery. The whole time, I'm thinking, it's like, not only would those tires be super rotted or at least flat, you then made the point of like, well, the gas would have gone bad. It wouldn't be able to combust. Yeah, gasoline There's no that. way they would be able to drive a four-year-old car that has moved... That has not moved in four years, like it's. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. the other fluids involved as well, but just, I, again, yeah, the gas like, would break down. It's, after, yeah, yeah, like, like, you're, you, like it, it, there are some moments that that suspension of disbelief is a little bit harder to suspend, but once again, there is still plenty to enjoy about this film, and it does not take away from the universe itself. It, it, the, the, it, like this movie is only a disappointment in comparison. To how good Train to Busan is. God damn, what a film that oh, was. Oh, Train to Busan is, is is a ton of fun and is a really great example of playing to your the, the, the strengths of what you can't do. It I mean there's a reason it's the highest grossing movie in, in Korea, or at least it was. Um because it does so much with so little. And I love the pitch for this movie on paper it is a ton of fun and there's also some uh yeah I mean, there's some things that aren't ideal about it but not every movie can be a masterpiece but then again we're i mean we're also talking about zombie movies we're not talking about movies and that... this movie came out when zombies were kind of running their course oh this has definitely been like i mean this like we is had definitely... zombie fatigue and then this movie came out yes th- i mean th- this this too well this movie and train to busan to me, were the first smatterings that zombies might slowly shuffling might be kind of coming back because we've because I mean it's been a long time since we had Shaun of the Dead. It's been a long time since we had Twenty Eight Days and Weeks Later. It's been a long time since we had the remake of Day, uh, Day of the Dead. Uh, sorry, it's Dawn of the Dead. Well, and Day of the Dead, but that was straight to video. We should not speak of that. <laughs> it's been a while since... Looking forward to Army of the Dead. You know, it, it's been a while since we had... Um, what's the one with Woody Harrelson? World... Uh, it's been... Oh, oh, Zombieland. Zombieland. Yeah. It's been a while, while since we had World War Z. Great sequel, actually. Um, so we are... We, we are, from a decade standpoint, it's been long enough that... Zombies could. Yeah, people are really looking forward to the the, the Zack Snyder film Army of the Dead. Actually, yeah. it's like it's I've I've seen a lot of friends of mine who are like genuinely chomping at the bit to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, it's we had a zombie fatigue for a little bit, which is what made this uh, Train to Busan so special. Is that it came out and did so well during zombie fatigue. I mean, we 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 do this cyclically. We like for for a while, it'll be you know everything will be a ghost story, and then everything will be a slasher movie, mm-hmm. and everything will be zombies. Then vampires or werewolves will come back. Every but if now you and do, then. if your film does well, while people are getting tired of that genre, 
then you like you've created something very special. I mean, no, no, definitely so. It, I mean, and it it obviously culminates the strongest when you have something like Shaun of the Dead, which is great mm-hmm. and is accepted just as the uptick is happening, as people as 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 zombie movies or whichever genre you're getting into are becoming cool or fashionable again. Yeah, that's the kind of I mean that that's the kind of career making move that you. You, you make it doesn't matter how good of a Halloween sequel you make if slashers aren't popular at the time I don't, I don't know what to tell you you know the, you're not it's not going to turn into anything for you yeah. but if you're able to do it right when those things are happening yeah and and I and I was talking to you about this too is like like I like in, in we were saying you and I both have zero problems with formula so long as the film has something to say and that's the thing that was really special about Trina Busan is yeah, sure. Zombies on a condensed train. Yeah, sure. There's there's plenty on paper that's great there, but one of the great things that a lot of uh, films coming from South Korea, especially at this time, really had going for them was that there was very much a lot to say when it came to things like um, class and poverty structure. Uh, Soul Station is no different. Soul Station. Well, Parasite just won Best Picture. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, oh, just, exactly. not, not just won Best Picture. Won Best Picture a year ago. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, yes, exactly. But yeah, no, it, it's like the, the class structure in South Korea is very, like, it's very clear. And, and Soul Station focuses around mostly homeless people. And it, it's, it is very much, um, the, the, the thing that you're getting from it is that we used to be all about the group. But ever since money started entering into things, um, it seems to be that if money has a say, we're all fucked. Um, which is why in like Train to Busan, the person who gets almost everyone killed is the rich CEO ass guy who says, no, don't let them in. Keep them out at all fucking costs. And it's his selfishness that keeps causing him to throw people literally under the bus. Um, under the train. Or under the train, so to speak. Um, and... I was watching this with my fiance, who loved it, by the way. Yay. And actually, I've never seen her sob so much at Hi, a film. Hi, Katie. <laughs> um, and so, but every time we're going back to it's like, God, this fucking asshole just keeps fucking everybody over because he's only thinking about number one as opposed to thinking about the group. And I thought that was, it's, it's a simple message. But I've always found it to be a very powerful message. Uh, Robert Evans has a great episode of Behind the Bastards where he talks about the Blitz. And when the Blitz happened uh, during World War II, all of the rich folks in England were like convinced that all of the poor folks were just going to go nuts, rape and pillage everything. And just while London was being bombed, they were going to burn the rest of the ashes to the ground. And so like right before uh, the attacks happened. All the rich people fucked off to their uh, field ma- or their uh, their their mansions in uh, in the country in the country and such. And then it just turned out that everybody just did mutual aid for each other and like cooked and like provided medical supplies. And yeah, it turns out that uh, most of the time when absolutely horrible stuff happens to a majority of the population, a majority of the population says, "Oh, I should probably help out because this is happening to a majority of us." And and then mutual age happens. It it it, it doesn't it yeah, doesn't crazy, turn crazy how that works. It, turn, out, right? yeah, it turns out that we don't just all eat each other's faces. Like uh, clearly, the people who are like, well, I mean, if I was you, I would eat faces. So I'm gonna leave. And you're like, hmm, says a lot about you. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's 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 one of the things that I loved about this film is it, it it's a very good message to put across. I think especially now, it resonates a lot more. Um, but like I I watched this movie years ago and I'd forgotten so much about it because there's so much that's come out in the meantime. Um, so I watched it again uh, and Katie watched it with me for the first time and I just loved it, so good. And then and then I watched Soul Station on my own and then ta- and then watched Peninsula. And I think, while Peninsula is a fun film, I do think it loses a little bit of that for the group message. I think it lost a, a it's still like it had all the zombies and it had the fun, but I think what it lost out on was the message of for the group and not the one. And I, it's, I, I thought that was an unfortunate part about it, but doesn't mean that there wasn't still a lot to get from this film. I think it's, yeah, I, I, it's, I like, once again, like, some very strong female characters. Um, and a very strong message of, like, yeah, no, sometimes you leave people behind, and maybe you're, maybe that's gonna come back to bite you in the ass, or at least it's gonna, you know, haunt you for the rest of your fucking life. I mean, I, The bill comes due. The, the bill comes due, but again, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is, because this movie has the four-year time gap, it's one of the few movies that really deals with the decisions you made during an emergency and then you having to live with them. Like most of the time in a zombie movie like this, you will see a character have to do like the leave their wife or kid or someone close to them behind scene. Yeah. But then you like, and then you just see them deal with it for like the next two days. This one flashes forward four years. And so it became like a, yeah, 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 I know, I know how we all acted during the emergency. I mean, but now that we've had some time to think about it, was that the best thing to do? Could you have done more? You, um, you probably could have pulled my sister out a little bit more forcibly. Or, or tried now. I wouldn't have had my kid, but I would have at least had my wife. I, I would argue that this movie's answer to that is a whole lot of hopium and the power of final draft i don't believe <laughs> like i do i like one one of my biggest complaints is i just don't believe the it's not even a twist like the act three happy pivot that they do like yeah to me, well, are you talking about where the un comes in well like where the un comes in and then the guy decides he's going to save the girl despite the fact she's clearly in a hopeless situation. And then it works because hope or whatever. It really kind of... <laughs> like, it was just for a movie that kind of had been treating things relatively seriously for them to just be like, well, yeah, no, but all he has to do is try really hard and he can save them. It seemed really with, his, with all with all of his fight skills. Yeah, it seemed really. Yeah, it it just came off as very saccharine to me. Like it di- it didn't feel earned, and it felt like again they were backing into the decisions that they had made. Yeah, they decided that they wanted it to have a, like a happier ending. Mm-hmm. They decided that they wanted to have. You know, it, 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 you know, it seemed like, oh, no, I've got this great scene and a mother puts a gun to her head. Oh, i got this great scene where this happens. Framed oh. beautifully. And, you know, you know, framed beautifully, but then all the pieces just don't 
connect. Like you get beautiful shots that I'm sure made beautiful like production art, but didn't feel like they were earned in the movie or fit with the reality or the universe. And that's not, it's not bad. It's just a bummer because of how good Train to Busan is. But you should definitely check out Peninsula. It is super fun. If you haven't seen anything in this franchise, this is a a great, like, this is a great way to spend two hours. You won't be bored. It's got some great fun moments in it. And if it gets you to watch Soul Station and uh, Train to Busan, then even better. Oh yeah, and both of them, both of those are all self-contained. And I will say, one of like, there was a part that I found like almost uncomfortably on on par with what's kind of going on right now. Mm-hmm. Is it so? So one of the things that happens in this world is that you know, like, there's um, a lot of the refugees from South Korea are being diverted to China. And so you have a lot of Korean refugees sitting around in China doing their thing, trying to make ends meet. And there are there is a scene where the brother and his is um, the main character and his brother in law. Or is it brother uh, Well let's be clear, like all of South uh, Korea is forfeit to yeah, the zombies. All of South the Korea entire is entire country it like, is now like, called a peninsula. Yeah, the entire country has been uh, deported is probably the wrong word. But like the entire evacuated. country... Evacuated. Evacuated or are now refugees. Yeah. So like and there's so, a lot. But, and so, you know, not surprisingly, there is a bit of anti-Korean sentiment in China. So you see a lot of um, ill will towards them where they're just like, like, oh my God, get the fuck out of here. Like, like you're ruining everything. Like... And then, like, goes like, "Are you gonna get me sick? Don't get near me. I want to get fucking sick." And it is something that unfortunately plays into something that is happening more frequently right now. And I say more frequently because this is something that's been going on for a while that just now we're drawing attention to. Um, and it's just that, yeah, no, these people come from this catastrophe, and just because a sickness might have started here doesn't mean that it's their fault. Um, I appreci- Or that they're going to spread it more, or yeah, they're any exactly. more contagious. Like, so I appreciate that the film at least took that beat and acknowledged that this would have been a problem. That, you know, would have stemmed into further generations and, and certainly, you know, would have been a conflict to, to have to manage. Well, I mean, if you have any kind of refugee... Uh, oh, yeah. If you have any kind of refugee situation, there's always going to be a certain amount of disdain the local public has for you know anyone who feels vaguely displaced or uh, or like they've lost an opportunity or something to any of the immigrant populations, no matter how, or the refugees, no matter how much that isn't actually yeah. happening or is just uh, something they are you know uh, interpreting. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean that's that uh, again one of the there's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. I just wish there was yeah. a little more. And so, and we started this podcast sort of just as the pan, as as the the pandemic was kind of taking hold. And we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. But I found that this was inter- an interesting reaction that I had to rewatching Train to Busan. The film kind of opens in the country area, and a bunch of trucks are passing through a checkpoint, and it looks like there's a bunch of dudes in hazmat suits just spraying off all the trucks, 
And I had a weird visceral reaction to that where all I could remember was the beginning of the pandemic and just watching all these people in hazmat suits spraying off train stations and all these different areas. And it's... Ah, it, it hits different now. It really uh, a, a real picture of its time predicting mm-hmm. a lot of the, the stuff that you're going to see as things start to go to shit. Mm-hmm. A very... Really... Uh, I, I I did not expect to have that kind of reaction to something like that. Yeah, like the, the like the the only like the craziest thing about contagion is how much it gets right. Except people don't wear masks quite enough. Yeah, it's like one of the only things. And mind you, they still definitely wear masks. But we had enough stupid people in charge that but were as we've learned. Like, the amount that you need to wear masks. Like, there's just... And I get it. I mean, I'm not... It's not a criticism of the movie. It's just an interesting... Now that we've gone through a a contagion of our own. Yeah. It's interesting seeing the movies that predicted what was going to happen very well, like Contagion. And Contagion, movies... was v- uh, Contagion was very um, optimistic about how many people would do their part. Well, and how wild it is that Jude Law apparently was playing the president in that movie as opposed to just a lunatic online. There's a, a lot in that movie that you couldn't, like, you couldn't have written reality into Contagion and people wouldn't have burned... Like, if you had written that the president was just, like, as much of a lunatic as Trump was, the you'd burn the theater to the ground. Like, yeah. you wouldn't sit through that movie. You'd be like... This, you, is, this you is so unbelievable. Like, like, people called Jude Law's character unrealistic and you're like no 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 that's just alex jones like what are you what are you talking about no no no, that guy's real like that's one the one guy i can like point to is absolutely being real people like to to forget that during the spanish flu uh john was it johnson who was president at the time i believe so yeah uh just tried to ignore the whole thing mm-hmm. and pretend like it wasn't happening we lost a lot of people during that yeah and they had um, uh, and they had mask protests and they did People didn't. People got really mad when there was a second wave, and yeah, time yeah. is a, time is a flat circle. <laughs> it's, but yeah, interesting fact. Uh, Contagion is is one of the first films that I ever uh, did extra work for. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually I'm actually in that film, which was very strange when I saw it pop up again in popularity. I'm like, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> what? what? It's huh. Back in back in February, oh. just click on a Netflix. You're like, why is everyone watching Contagion? Ah, shit. <laughs> now, speaking of time yes. being a flat circle, David... Yeah. Um, we are running out of time. We, well, we're not running out of time, but I think we might be coming to the end of the time that we have. We have... I mean, neither of us... I, I hope... I mean, I hope overall we're not running yeah, out of time. Yeah, hopefully we both have plenty of time. We're not You're swallowing those tums right now. Are you okay? Yeah, no, no. My tum-tum's fine. Okay. Um, so, uh, there's two movies, uh, neither of which I have actually seen, so this is a double-blind episode. One, I have always kind of wanted to see, okay. but never got around to it, and the other one I have heard is quite good. Hmm. So, David, we're going to watch two trailers once we get into the time machine here. One, Revenge, the Shutter exclusive, which is a revenge movie. Oh, okay. And then the other is The Dentist. Oh. Oh. Okay. It, it, it's a movie I always remember seeing as a DVD cover at Blockbuster, and I never got around to seeing it, and I saw it was on Shutter, and I'm in charge, so uh, it's one of the things that I'm going to uh, I respect maybe that. suggest you to. I, res- uh, I respect your authority. You yeah. So if you'll. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Here, here, my liege. Let me, let me get that oh, for okay, you. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> after, after you, sir. Excuse me. Let me move oh, my. Oh, let me. Yes. Let watch me, your crown. Yep, yep, yep. Let me move my cape. Okay. 
right. And David, how you feeling? Good, good, good. Revitalized, one might say. Good to hear. Yeah. Time machine will do that to you. Yeah. It's yeah. The uh, positive ions. Yeah. It's also nice, uh, you know. Visiting the spa while we were over there, you know, figured time's not a thing anymore. So. It's true, yeah, no, no, no. We can go to the future where the pandemic's not a thing. Go to the spa, come back, yeah. and not miss. Time's anything. not a thing, but you know what? I can come back in this time machine, and I still got these lovely nails, baby. There we go, baby. Mm. Um. So the two movies, David. What looks uh, what looks better to you? Both look good, and I've heard great things about Revenge. It really, and this is coming from somebody. Who who has co-starred in a revenge in a a revenge horror flick? Um, it takes a lot for me to hop on. Even if I do enjoy the movie, it takes a lot for me to press play on movies like that. So I think for that for that reason, and also because the it just looks really intriguing, I'm gonna have to go with the dentist. We okay. could come. We could possibly come back to. We could come back to revenge. I uh, think I need. So, I, I need something a little sillier. Yeah, no, it, it is a Shutter exclusive. Uh, I happen to have worked with Corbin Birdson. I, I gaffed uh, a couple of movies that he worked on. So uh, yeah, now should be should be interesting. Dave, uh, do you have any plugs that you want to plugable? Um, let's see. Well, um, we could talk about the. Uh, the Shutter Show uh, Instagram page at Shutter underscore Show that I manage. Um, a big hello to and a big thank you to all the folks who give the feedback. Uh, always love chatting with you guys. You can also feel free to uh, check me out in my boring life and how things are going with me at Dave at underscore DW Marlowe. And yeah, Ken, what about yourself? What's, uh, what's what here. you got going on? Uh, well, let's see here. We have the. Uh, we have our Twitter page, which is very small and slow, and that's at Shutter Show. You can also find me on uh, on there at Ken Stacknick, K E N S T A C H N I K. That's also for Instagram, and you can also check out my really adorable dog at Freddy Potatoes on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Have we had any well. new emails lately? Uh, no, not really. Uh, no, no, sir. No, we, yes, we did. Hang on. Oh, do oh, we have? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. We have one. Uh, this came in from uh, from Sean again. Yes, Sean. Sean, uh, keep writing to us because I love your stuff, man. Uh, yeah, Sean, one of you, uh, let us know a little bit about uh, the movie Terrified. His wife is mostly deaf and utilizes uh, hearing aids twenty four seven. And uh, we watch films with subtitles in order to keep the volume at normal levels. So when we watched Terrified on Sunday night in preparation for the podcast, at one hour and three minutes in the film, Detective Funes goes ahead and turns off his hearing aid while investigating the butler's pantry. The feedback and noise fell away when he turns off his hearing aid and you're allowed to hear Deputy uh, John O'Groan. My wife's hearing aid went off during that sequence, almost as if the filmmaker had left it on a high-pitched noise just to mess with the, uh, mess with the hearing aids after Foons turned it off. And just wanted to share that with you. So, oh, Sean, yes. thank you very much for uh, yeah writing that. Yeah, that's saw, saw that super awesome and interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's that's oh that's that's I don't know if that's like a technical thing. I don't know if, that, if that's something that the director actually worked in to be a thing. If so, damn. Or it's just ghosts. It's just proof that those things are real. Yes. Which would be terrifying 
Terrifying. Fascinating. Um, honestly, the distraction that we all need right now. Indeed. Yeah. Well, until then, next week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to all of our non-binary friends, everyone on the spectrum, any in between, my name is Ken Stagnick, and this is my good co-host, David Marlowe. And we're here to say good night, good luck, we love you, and kindly go fuck yourself. Bye-bye.